Do you ever feel like manifestation is just another thing on your to-do list that you don't have time for? Like your spiritual practice is something that you have to do? Honestly, you're not alone because I felt that way too. Something that's really changed my relationship with manifestation is blending it into my lifestyle so that no matter what I'm doing, I'm also manifesting. I call this manifestation as a lifestyle and it single-handedly made the entire manifestation journey more enjoyable for me and I've seen my desires show up with a lot more ease. Manifesting as a lifestyle has made manifestation go from feeling like a task to something I just naturally do because it's who I am. If you'd like to learn more about this, I've created a step-by-step guide for you. I'll link it in my show notes so you can check it out. You're listening to the Affirmation Addict Podcast with Pyle Corley. This podcast will teach you about the power of affirmations while making manifestation easy and accessible for you in order to enhance your spiritual consciousness. Thank you so much for being here. And now it's time to get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Affirmation Addict Podcast. Today, I want to share with you some tips and just some wisdom on how to believe in yourself when others don't, because I know what it feels like to have these big dreams, to have so much in store for yourself, but feel really, really discouraged when people around you, especially loved ones or friends, just don't support you in the way that you need and how to kind of be your own validation in a world where most of us seek validation. I'm going to share with you a little bit about my journey with creating my own validation and how it really helped me. And so I have a theory that most of us who struggle with being our own validators, like, you know how there's people, there's those people who are so confident, they don't need anybody else. They're just kind of fearless. um, And They don't need, they literally don't care about what anyone else thinks about them. Well, I, for a very long time, was not even close to one of those people. And even now, it still impacts me. So I'm not one of those people. I never have been. And I'm not sure if I ever will be, and that's okay. But I learned some lessons after reflecting on some people I know, some people I've studied. And I learned a few reflections. And I was able to figure out, I think, this is one of my theories, why people, certain people cannot be the their own validation. And I think it actually has a lot to do with their childhood, um, as always, right? Like so much of who we are is impacted by ages zero to seven. So whether that's who raised you, whether that's different beliefs that were genetically passed down, whatever that is, our upbringing at a younger age does impact the way we see the world, the way we show up in the world. For me, I actually believe that it's not just me and I don't think it's just an Indian culture. I think this is worldwide, honestly, is we are taught to be good kids. And specifically, I'm going to go into the more that good girl route just because that is me and that's what I was experienced to. Um, But if you are not a girl and you still experience this, this doesn't... um, This doesn't like invalidate your experiences. I'm just going to be speaking with the lens of I was taught to be a very good girl. And me and my brother, for that matter, are so different. He wasn't necessarily taught to be like a good boy. Um, He was, but it was different than what I was taught. And we are very different people. And so I wanted to share with you what... I think that whole good girl theory, why I think that impacted me and created such a hard need for me to be validated. It created such a strong need for me to 
seek validation from other people. And it actually impacted how much I believed in myself because when other people didn't believe in me, I didn't feel like I could believe in myself. I was never really taught that self-confidence. I had to learn that later on in life. And so my theory is, is we become people pleasers. We become overly empathetic. We become the emotional support that everybody else needs. We're taught how to show up in society and in relationships in a way that doesn't trigger people, that doesn't make other people feel less than, and in turn, we're playing small. Um, It doesn't make other people question their own worth. Like it's almost overly considerate to the point where we lose our sense of self. We lose who we are and our strengths and we don't get to acknowledge those because we're so busy teaching other people their own strengths. Like we're the ones for everybody else, but there's kind of no one left for us. And I'm sure many of you have experiences. We all feel this way. Even if we do have people who are there for us, it doesn't maybe feel like it's enough. It doesn't feel like we're actually seen. And we start to seek that validation. So I have this theory that when we are taught to be good kids, when we're taught specifically to be a good girl, we're taught how to show up in a way that is very hard to dislike. It is very hard to say mean things about. And maybe it's a protection mechanism from our parents' generation or whoever's generation they learned it from. It could be a protection mechanism because if you weren't liked in society, then you couldn't survive. Now, survival isn't dependent on if you're liked nearly as much as it probably once was. And so it's not anything wrong that was taught. I don't blame my parents for teaching me. I actually love some of the aspects I have. I think it's made me so nurturing. It's made me so understanding. So I don't dislike those things I was taught. I love some of those things. But what I do dislike and what I did reframe was being a good girl and being that kind of perfect child. And my brother was also his own perfect child, but I was very much so like the emotional go-to of the family. The one who will, no matter what, plan something. I was just that person in our family. And I think every family has at least one person like that, maybe more. And I think being that good girl and being that person in the family, it forced me to make sure everybody else around me was happy. So I wasn't able to discern my own emotions. I wasn't able to understand my own emotions because I was so busy being empathetic and trying to make sure everybody else's emotions were okay. With that, everybody else's emotional state impacted my emotional state. Now, circling back to believing in yourself, when everybody else believed in me, it was so easy for me to believe in myself. But when other people didn't believe in me or didn't agree with my idea, oh my gosh, that was the most hard, stressful, kind of sad feeling because I was like, well, I got so much of my validation, my fuel, my support from everybody else. I didn't learn how to channel that from inside. I wasn't ever forced to be in a situation that in a way forced me to channel that from inside when I had no other option. So the first time I experienced that pushback was I was working at a consulting firm and this was before I started Affirmation Addict and I was like, I hate my job, I'm going to quit. And all of my parents, friends, including my dad, were like, are you sure? Like, you don't have a stable income. You don't have a stable job. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to try and be a fake psychiatrist? I was like, no, like... They weren't understanding and they were like, it's not going to work. They're like, we give you a year and then you'll probably go back to work. And I'm very proud to say it's been five years and I have learned so much on this journey, but 
that was my first encounter of not believing in myself. And it trickled throughout my entire business or other people not believing in me, which caused me to not believe in myself. However, the thing that flipped the switch for me was I hated my job so much that this was my only other plan. So I was like, you know what? I pick. I pick the job that I know I hate or I pick a potential new venture that I might love and it might fail or I might love it and I might succeed. And so for me, it became like a mode of desperation. That was my first inkling and my first indication of how to believe in myself when others don't. I was actually forced into it. Um, and I want to be transparent with you. I don't, I do have tips for you when you're not forced into it. But for me, my first experience of it was forced into it. I was forced into, you have two options, either believe in yourself or you know that you're consciously going to be unhappy. And for me, that wasn't worth it. So I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to try it. Um, because if I can even have a 1% better life than I did at KPMG, which is where I used to work, then it's worth it for me. And so that was my driving factor was, okay, fine. It was hard and I would doubt it all the time. The self-doubt was so strong for a very long time. Um, But I was able to discern that there's two options and ultimately I get to choose. So my good girl theory, the reason I wanted to share that today is because If you feel like you are in that same situation where it's like you are the go-to person, you are a people pleaser, I am such a chronic people pleaser, I've worked on it. Okay, I was a chronic people pleaser. We're not reaffirming that. Um, But setting boundaries, like you're going to trigger people and you showing up in your own self, the way to stop letting everybody else's energy, letting everybody else's opinions and perceptions of you stop impacting you so much is to really start to reestablish your sense of self and keep asking yourself the question, what is it that I actually want? If nobody else was here, if no one else had a say, if no one else was watching me, social media doesn't exist. What would I be doing? Ask yourself kind of those more theoretical questions because you'll be able to start to peel the layers back. For example, for me, like even on social media, right? Like I show up wearing little to no makeup, like the max you'll see me wear today. I was feeling fancy. So I blurred out, what is it called? Eyeliner and I wore mascara. So that's probably the max amount of makeup you'll see me wear on social media. And I've had like cousins or like family friends be like, why don't you like get ready? And it's like, I'm doing this every single day and it is not who I am to get ready every single day. Like when I want to get ready, I will. But the time I enjoy getting ready is when I'm wearing Indian clothes. I'm not posting about Indian clothes and I don't want to wear that all the time. So my loungewear, oversized t-shirt and leggings and comfy sweats, like that is me. And that's when I'm in my most aligned element. The other extreme is full on glam and Indian clothes. And I'm not going to do that every day. I just don't have the desire to do that. I don't love playing with makeup or like some people do. Like I don't, I can't just spend three hours getting ready um, just for fun. Like it's just not how I want to spend my time every single day. So people don't understand They're like, well, why can't you just get dressed up one and batch it? And it's like, it doesn't even matter what they're thinking, but it's like, so many people are going to have so many different insights and opinions as to how you should be living your life. And ultimately it's up to you where it's like, do I want that insight to impact me or who am I? Like, I was like, 
I'm not someone who every single day is going to get ready. And my, what I'm sharing and what I'm teaching is a daily thing. If I was only like a fashion blogger, sure, I would get ready, but I'm not like I'm teaching daily lifestyle. What do you do when you're overwhelmed? When you're overwhelmed, you don't care what you look like. Like you're, it's up in here and in here. Sorry, I'm pointing to my head and my heart. It's in your mind and in your heart. It's not, um, what eyeliner I'm wearing or what foundation I'm wearing. Like I don't even wear foundation. So I don't even know how that works. Like that's just not my cup of tea. It's just not who I am. I can tell you all about plants and herbs and natural skincare routines. That is absolutely my jam that I can talk to you about. And I do, I'm trying to share more of that. And that's actually a perfect example of me myself struggling because I've heard people say, why are you going to post skincare? Why are you going to post homemade um, herbal tea recipes when you're talking about manifestation. And I always feel like I have to fit in a box, but we do not have to fit in anybody else's boxes. We are allowed to fit in our own box. Hi, beautiful friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I wanted to hit pause for 15 seconds and share with you about my spiritual membership I created to help you raise your vibration and manifest with ease. I created a it so you can have access to all, and I really mean all of the spiritual tools you need to step into your higher self and watch your dreams manifest with ease. If you're really ready to dive into your spirituality and connect with your highest self, I invite you to join the Affirmate membership. More details are in the show notes if you're interested. And now let's jump back in. So when someone isn't believing in you, the best thing you can do is one, Either you are pushed into a corner and you are forced to believe in yourself. I'm sure you've experienced that. Or two, question it. Don't be afraid to challenge it because now that you know where this tendency, where the inability to believe in yourself is coming from, it should be a little bit easier for you to compartmentalize and say, okay, I know up until a certain age, I was taught to be a people pleaser or I was taught to fit into situations. I was taught to be the one who knows manners. Like you're taught all of these things. And I love some of those aspects about myself and I use them and they've taught me and they've introduced me to amazing people. Like some of those things have really helped me in my life, but on a deeper level, they have really messed with my self-confidence and my sense of self. And so what's helped me is say, is this a necessary thing or is this just an opinion that's holding me back? And asking yourself those questions. Some other things you can do to kind of raise up that self-confidence and sense of self is seriously spending time with yourself on your own. Sit with your journal, sit with meditation, sit with your affirmations, all of these manifestation tools and techniques. It's a game between you, you and the universe. It's just you guys involved. No one else is involved. And so The reason I love manifestation, not only for like those fun end results, but the entire journey of it is because you learn so much about yourself. You're forced to bring your shadows to light. You're forced to explore topics like this. Like, why am I not believing in myself? And there's something that I didn't believe in myself about for a really long time recently. And I was like, I just feel like I can't receive this because if I receive this, I will have it all. Like in my opinion, it's the last thing. And if I get this, I will have it all. And then I won't be relatable. I will not be likable. My friends will judge me even more. My friends already judge me, which everyone does. Like not in a bad way. I love my friends, but like everyone has judgments. It's normal. Um, But I can feel that. Right. And so like 
I receive all of this feedback from people in my life. And I'm scared that if I cross this one threshold, it's going to be so much feedback that I can't take it anymore. And that scares the crap out of me. And what I did in order to get over that hump is it's like I'm, I pushed myself into that corner and I was like, okay, is my lack of happiness, my lack of satisfaction worth pleasing them? Ultimately, no, like where I'm at, I'm happy. But if I will be even happier and feel like I can make more of an impact in that position, then I'm doing my purpose a disservice. And ultimately, it did manifest. I will share soon what manifested, but ultimately, that did manifest because I was able to start to, before reacting, make a decision of how do I want this to impact me? And I don't necessarily have these tangible tips like, yes, please go listen to self-confidence affirmations, listen to my self-acceptance affirmations, um, all of those tools, building self-confidence meditation, do my journaling. All of those will help you reconnect with yourself. It is all part of the practice. As always, all of those tools are in affirm it for you. However, it's also about just being willing to go against the grain. Are you willing to not be likable anymore? And how do you build that? You need to build self-validation. You need to build that relationship with yourself to where your own validation is enough to you. You're not seeking that other validation that you were trained to seek for these 20, 30 years. Now you're able to seek your own validation. And one thing I will share with you that is probably the hardest part for me was being taught to be a good girl. I knew what's going to trigger people. I knew what boundaries would people in my life wouldn't like. And I've set a lot of boundaries with my family, with Tom's family, with everyone, with my friends. I've set boundaries that people did not like because before I would drop everything for everybody. I would be at every event. I would get everyone a gift. I would do all of these things. And then I think it was around COVID time that really started to shift. It COVID really taught me, like, I love my own company. It gave me, it felt so freeing to me because I wasn't obligated to show up for all of these people in my life. So I'm actually really grateful um, for that element of COVID and the lockdown time, because it taught me how to be with myself again and how much I actually loved it. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Like I love hanging out with me. And so after that time, I started setting, including Tom, we started setting more boundaries. We weren't showing up for everybody constantly. We weren't, and it's hard, right? Especially with my parents. I love them to death. They are the biggest blessing. Um, We live like 15 minutes away from them and I love them with all my heart, but setting boundaries with people you love to show up better for them and not just please their temporary need is the hardest, most guilt conflicting thing, especially as like an immigrant child, right? Like me and my brother are first generation Americans and my parents came from India. They did all of this to give us opportunity. And now we are using those opportunities, but we don't always want to hang out with them. My parents are both basically retired. They've always worked from home. So when they ask me to hang out and I say no, or they're like, hey, do you want to go get dinner? And I'll be like, hey, not tonight. Even if I'm not busy, if I just want time with myself, the amount of guilt that washes over me is crazy. And that's once again, It's because I feel like they're going to be disappointed in me or they're going to judge me that they gave me all this opportunity and I'm just being selfish. All of those thoughts, these are all different symptoms of that good girl or good kid theory 
And the best way to start reprogramming that is to acknowledge that and be honest. And I, for this was, I think, two months ago now, um, I had a conversation with my parents because I'm on my phone all the time. I'm the emotional go-to for my entire family, for my brother, my mom, my dad, as well as everybody in Tom's family to an extent, um, not as deep as my family, but at least some sort of emotional support. And I remember we were, we were all sitting and my family, we do this thing where like, if we're all hanging out late at night, we just sit and talk on the couch for like four hours and we just go into these deep life talks. So we're having a deep life talk. And then I think my mom or my brother, they said something and I was like, are you guys scared to call me now? And I knew this, I asked. So I initiated the conversation. Okay. My battery might die. So I'm going to pause just in case it pauses. Um, the whole thing was I asked them if they're scared to text me and they said yes. And it hurt me so much. And I was like, it just feels like I can't win. If I set a boundary and be there for myself, I feel guilty. And then you guys treat me like I'm being rude. And then if I drop everything, I'm drained and I can't be there for myself. So it felt like such a lose-lose. So communicating that and talking through them, talking through that with them was so helpful. So that is my biggest takeaway for you is don't be afraid to lean into the discomfort. It might have some hard conversation. It might trigger people, but it is so worth it. So If you are in a position where you're unable to believe in yourself because everyone else doesn't believe in you, here you are trying to get better and that is enough because you are able to move past it and you are worthy of believing in yourself first and everybody else can follow. And if they don't follow, you're still going to be okay. So build that relationship with yourself. Build that level of trust with yourself. I hope this episode helped. I love you. And thank you so much for joining me. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the world to me if you can rate and review the podcast and share it on your social media. So I know to keep creating episodes that are inspiring you to manifest. I'm so genuinely grateful for the time we shared today. And I'd love for you to join the community by following at Affirmation Addict on Instagram. To continue diving into spirituality and manifestation, head over to my website, affirmation-addict.com. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and so much healing energy. 